January 5th of this year, I started reading a book called The Body Keeps the Score. And on November 29th of this year, I completed this book called The Body Keeps the Score. It took me 11 months uh, to read this book. And it's not because the book was a challenge to read. It wasn't. There might have been a few words I had to look up. But it wasn't a terribly challenging book. Um, I really actually enjoyed it. It wasn't because I didn't like the topic. I enjoyed the topic of the book. The Body keep this, Keeps the Score took me 11 months to read because the topic was about trauma and how the world heals from trauma. It was a topic about trauma and how the world can heal from trauma. When you read a book like this, it's not something that you fly through. In fact, other authors have said in other books that I've read when you're talking about this theme of trauma that sometimes you have to read a chapter and put it down because you have to figure out how you're feeling. You have to think, your, your, you have to think about your own history and you have to wrestle with the topic. And so that's what I did. I needed time to think and to digest what I was reading because it literally, this book in 11 months, has changed the world, that I, the way I will forever look at the world. It's changed the way I will see the world. I'd like to read for you a couple of quotes in the closing chapter of this book. And so the author's name is author Bessel van der Kolk. And, uh, and, and Dr. van der Kolk says this. He says, we're on the verge of becoming a trauma-conscious society. And this book, I believe, was written in 2016. So he says, we're on the verge of becoming a trauma-conscious society. Trauma, however, remains a much larger public health issue. Arguably, it is the greatest threat to our national well-being. Trauma breeds further trauma. Hurt people hurt people. We are fundamentally social creatures. Our brains are wired to foster working and playing together. And people can learn to control and change their behavior, but only if they feel safe, safe enough to experiment on finding new solutions. The body keeps the score. Trauma is a largely unrecognized issue in the lives of many people. I've come to understand this. According to experts, most people are walking around traumatized and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. Trauma impacts our ability to think, it impacts our ability to act, it affects our minds and our bodies and is a huge contributor. Studies have shown this to be a huge contributor to health issues such as substance abuse, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, stroke, and suicide. We've all just come through we're still living in it, but we've come through the pandemic of the COVID virus. Have any of us really taken time to evaluate how the trauma of what we lived through has impacted us? Have we taken time to think about that? What about your past? The odds are that most of us in this room, 60% of all men, 40, uh, I'm sorry, 60% of all men, 50% of all women, will experience at least one traumatic life event during the course of their lifetime. That's huge. 60% of all men, 50% of all women. When we go through events that are traumatic, how do we process and move through that pain? How do we do that? Today we light the candle for peace. Today's candle is lit for peace. Where do you find peace in a world that is so filled with anger 
and hatred and pain. Advent is a season of lights and love and blessing. It is a time for celebrating peace on earth and goodwill to mankind. But how do we achieve peace, real peace, in our day? How do we achieve that? Recently, National Geographic teamed up with Disney Studios and actor Chris Hemsworth. And together, they created a six-part documentary series on uh, the journey to a healthier life. It's called Limitless. And in the first episode of this series, Chris is challenged by the people that came together and created this show. He is challenged to step out of his comfort zone and to do something that is utterly scary to him. He is being challenged. By the way, Chris is afraid of heights. He admits this freely. So Thor is afraid of heights. And he's, uh, he's essentially saying, uh, it's scary to me. And he is being challenged to climb 900 feet in the air and walk the arm of a crane that extends out from a building and back. So he's being asked to, to walk out and back. Obviously, this would be a stressful situation, a stressful stroll for anyone. And Chris, who doesn't like heights at all, is uh, pretty frightened by this experience. Now, before he makes the attempt to go and actually do this this walk, he is given two days to work with a therapist. And this therapist is going to teach him some techniques to help him calm his fears. And so he learns breathing techniques and mental constructs that guide him when he feels anxious. Now, as I watched this episode, I watched and I was mindful. I was mindful of the fact that what Chris was experiencing on the TV show, it relates to us in real life. The idea caught my attention, and it actually surprised me. This, this idea that surprised me the most was that what Chris was taught was to employ a technique of positive self-talk. Of all the things that he could be taught, he was going with Stuart Smalley. Right? Of all the things that he was taught, he was told to do positive self-talk. He learns these breathing techniques, he learns these mental constructs, but positive self-talk was what the actor Thor, who plays Thor in the Marvel movies, when he felt most anxious, he was supposed to find peace in the most stressful moments by reminding himself of the truth. The therapist taught him that you're not alone. You're not alone in this, so tell yourself, I'm not alone. And he had it within himself, the therapist said, you have it within yourself to face your fears. Tell yourself, I can face these fears. I'm not alone, I can face these fears. The title of today's message is Finding Peace. When confronted with anxiety or fear, when life feels anything to you but peaceful, what you can do is remind yourself of the truth. You are not alone. And if you can hold on to that knowledge within you, you have the ability to face all your fears. This is how we can find peace. As we go into the service, would you pray with me to that end this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us this day. We thank you that we can be together. And Lord, we pray on this topic of peace, finding peace. Lord, that you would open our heads and our hearts and our our, our very bodies, to understanding what you are speaking to us. Holy Spirit, speak to our, our very souls today about how to find peace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this series, Christmas at the Center, we are looking at Christmas through the words of the prophet Isaiah. 
And in today's message, God is speaking through the prophet to a people who are living under the hands of their oppressors. Literally, Isaiah is speaking to people who were, who were being oppressed. To say that they were without peace, without peace would be a huge understatement. When we open the book of Isaiah, when we open to those first pages, we see that Isaiah is preaching to God's people during the Assyrian crisis. This was a period of time when uh, Israel's biggest enemy, their biggest enemy at the time, Assyria, had destroyed the northern kingdom, had obliterated the northern kingdom. And they were pressing now ever southward towards the southern kingdom. And at this time in history, there was no peace for God's people. Everybody say, no peace. No peace. There was no peace for God's people. None whatsoever. Now, in our world, where we live in the 21st century, we struggle, and rightly so, because we've got depression, and there is trauma in our life. There's loss of life, and there's other life events that disrupt our peace on a daily basis. For God's people in the day of Isaiah, their world was marked by stress, uncertainty, and chaos. Stress, uncertainty, and chaos marked every day. Every day there was a threat against their lives and they lived in fear of losing all that they had. And into that world, Isaiah prophesied the following, and this is what he said. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, the wolf and the lamb shall live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion. And the little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. And the baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the, all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. Where do you find peace in a world that is filled with so much anger, so much hatred, and so much pain. In Isaiah's day, the people arguably felt every day like they were going to lose their minds. Their very lives could be taken over in an instant. The safety and security of a home, gone by an oppressor who wanted your place. Their jobs, gone. Livelihood, gone. Families, health, all taken away from them at a moment's notice without any warning. This is the world that Isaiah's people uh, grew up in that God's people grew up in during Isaiah's time. And to these people, Isaiah offered this hope. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. 
and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That shoot of new growth, that branch from David's line, that's Jesus. That is Jesus. Isaiah predicted that one day there would be a king who would offer ultimate peace, one on whom the Lord rests, his spirit rests, one who would have the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, and might. How do we achieve peace, real peace in our day? You hold on to the truth that you are not alone. You are not alone. God has sent Jesus into the world. And Jesus will not judge by appearance nor make decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word. And one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus does. Jesus brings peace. If we keep reading in this passage of Isaiah, the rest of the passage outlines the impossible images, the impossible images of things that come together that shouldn't come together. The wolf and the lamb, the leopard and the goats lying together, cows and bears, calves and lions all together in the same place. And a little child will lead them. When the Messiah comes, he will bring salvation to all, and this will be his glorious place. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus does. Jesus brings peace. In the Old Testament, the people of God were looking forward to a time when the Messiah would arrive. They were looking forward to when the Messiah would arrive. Peace for God's people then was found on, uh, in the hope that they had a future. Their peace was found in that someday the Messiah would come and they had peace. But we live after the cross. And we know that, that that peace is in the name of Jesus. That Jesus is the Messiah that everyone was waiting for. Peace for us is something that is available to you. It's available to you if you will remember that you are not alone. And you hold that knowledge within you if you hold that knowledge within you. The positive self-talk that we tell ourselves when we lack peace is that God has sent Jesus into the world and Jesus makes the impossible possible. If we hold on to that, Jesus brings peace and we positively tell ourselves that over and over and over and we hold on to that. Finding peace throughout the year is a challenge, but it can be especially difficult at Christmas. When we look at the season of Advent, we say that Advent is a season of hope and of peace, of joy and love. But it almost seems that in celebrating these attributes, the season gets stolen from us. It almost seems like during Advent, these attributes are stolen. They, they get less and less instead of more and more. And so this year, I encourage you to be intentional, be intentional about keeping Christmas at the center. Be intentional. When you leave here this week and go into your world, be intentional and you will have peace. When everything's falling down around you, when you're, when you're breathing and your pulse rate increase, when your anxiety rears its ugly head this week, when you can't find the right present 
for Christmas or uh, when you miss a deadline that's coming up because it's the end of the year, you feel estranged from a friend, when a tragedy hits you unexpectedly, remember that you are not without hope. God doesn't leave you alone to face your fears by yourself. Out of whatever dead and decaying experience, whatever that root is that you find yourself experiencing, whatever's causing you to lose your sense of peace, a new shoot will come out of the dead and the decaying. It'll come up from the stump of Jesse. He is one who speaks by God's authority and brings counsel of might and knowledge and righteousness into your life. By his presence, the lion will lay down with the lamb. This one is Jesus. This is who he is. This is what Jesus does. Jesus brings peace. At this time of the year, many struggle with the idea of finding peace through the holidays. At Thanksgiving, at Christmas, at New Year's, there's a lot of baggage that people are carrying around. They feel weighed down from trauma, from loss, and from pain. And so while you might know that Jesus brings peace, and you might truly believe that he does that, there's a part of you that is fighting to speak positively to yourself this year. There's a part of you that's fighting to speak positively and be encouraged by this message. And so if any of you are searching for peace this year, or you know someone who might be searching for peace this year, I want to invite you uh, to our upcoming Blue Christmas service. And it's going to be on Wednesday, December 14th at 7 o'clock here at Wayne Presbyterian Church. And it's going to be a time for us to listen. It's going to be a time for worship. There will be a time of celebration. But it's also going to be a time of healing and hopefully helping one another find peace. So that's the Blue Christmas service on Wednesday, December 14th at 7 p.m. But for all of us, whether you attend the Blue Christmas service or not on December 14th, um, intentionally hold on to peace this year. Keep Christmas at the center. Intentionally hold on to peace as you experience Christmas and Advent these next two weeks. When life feels out of control, when life feels upside down, remind yourself that Jesus has come into the world to right all wrongs. Remember that you are not alone in this world, and if you hold on to that knowledge within yourself, you are on your way to finding peace. That's the hope that we have at this time of the year. Now, for those of us who are here and for those of you who are home, um, we are going to celebrate communion. When you look at this table, this table is a table that is set for us in hope, in peace, in joy, and in love. It's a table that's given to us by God. And so I encourage you uh, today, if you're at home, to join us by grabbing uh, elements of bread and juice. But for those of us who are here, uh, look upon this table. And as we light the candle today for peace, understand that God has set this here. You are not alone. Jesus has come into the world. He has died for you and for me, and he has set this table as a reminder to us to encourage us in our faith, to shore us up that when we take together the elements of bread and juice, we are strengthening our body and our faith, and we are continuing to go into the world to serve Jesus in this way. And so this table is set for us today in the name of peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this gift of your peace. I thank you, Lord, that if we remember uh, to hold on to the truth 
and we speak positively that truth to ourselves, Lord, you will always be with us. That when we face whatever we face, remind us, God, that we are not alone, that you love us, and that you are the Prince of Peace, and that we can face whatever our fears, whatever may come, because you are with us. And so, Lord God, we pray, thanking you for this table, thanking you for the elements of bread and juice that you've set before us. And may these elements strengthen us and give us purpose, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I share with you what we know from Scripture, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks to God, he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which I'm giving for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You are not alone. And in the same way, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. You are not alone. And so celebrating the peace that God gives to us each and every day, that peace that we can hold on to, that peace that is able to be welled within our soul, take and eat with thanksgiving in your hearts. And let's pray. Holy God, I thank you for this table and I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the peace that is uh, upon each and every one of us. And God, we ask that you would bless each and every one of us with your presence, that we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you go with us into whatever, whatever dark corners, whatever fears we might face, when the anxiety rears its head or we make a mistake or whatever it is, Lord, we pray that you would be with us always and that you would help us set our sights on peace, knowing uh, that you are a God who loves us. We thank you for this meal, and we pray all of this today in Jesus' name. Amen.